0: Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Today's Breakfast and the Class is coming to you almost live from 3P Bahamas, where we have a beautiful crowd here and the ocean behind us. Baruch Hashem Today's class is sponsored by Sarah Harari, in loving memory of her father, Morris Benin, Moshe ben Sarah, Danish Matot Zura, B'Tzara My friends, when Moshe and Aharon approach Moshe Rabenu, What's amazing is that the shiv'im zik'anim start to peter out, they leave and they walk away. But they finally get to Paro, and Paro he looks at them, he says, how did you get here? The Yalkut uh, explains that Paro had vicious animals waiting on the way to the throne that would tear apart any person that came towards him. But still, even though the animals, they were not able to touch Moshe and Aaron, Paro was not impressed, because Paro had a superpower. And his superpower was that no matter what happened, It didn't let it bother him. Every person in the world has a superpower and it's the job of parents to discover the superpower in their children. The job of spouses to discover the superpower in their wife or husband and to share it with them. To say to them, your superpower is your patience. Your superpower is your resilience. Your superpower is your dedication. When a person hears that, then they can stick with it. Paro's superpower was that no matter what happened, he was unflappable. He was unperturbed. It didn't bother him at all. He just carried on. I believe that if Paro was driving a car and he saw a sign that said, danger, cliff ahead, he would drive the car right off the cliff and say, nothing's gonna stop me. I'm Paro, bring it on. My friends, Paro unfortunately did not understand to respect Moshe Rabbeinu, who even the animals respected. However, not every Rasha was the case. That was just him. He, This was his superpower. I'd like to share with you a story of another rasha and his response, which was a little bit different. Rabbi Yecheskel Sarna. He was in charge of the yeshiva of Chevron Deula, Okay. This story about it is a story about his wife when she was a young girl and she was escaping from the Nazis. She managed to get away from the guards where they were guarding her, and she saw a big open field. So she runs across the open field and her eyes are fixed on a place of safety. A big villa, a big home on the other side of this field. People are chasing her, they're trying to catch her. She's running literally like her life depends on it, because it does. She gets to the door of the villa, she pounds on the door, and as soon as the door opens, she realizes that she's made a terrible mistake. Who opens the door wearing his uniform with his steel blue eyes, and his beautifully trimmed mustache, a German Nazi officer. That was the home that he had commandeered at the time of the war. So he looks at her, she looks at him, she knows, and he says one word. He says, Jewess. Yiddishish Schwein, Jewish pig. And his face, his mouth, curls into a sneer, and he says, Hostigivitzeratvinzayn. Did you want to get saved? Rabbi. And he starts laughing. Yes, Rabbi. Abus You want to say hi to everybody? Come say hi. Say hi. Oh, look. That's you. Look. Say hi. No? <laughs> yeah? Abus. Yeah? So. So he he said, did you come here to be saved? And he starts to laugh, almost like a maniacal laugh. He starts to laugh at her. He goes, I can't believe that you ran away from the camp. You ran away, you escaped the clutches of death, only to run straight to me so I could finish the job even quicker. She's shaking, she's almost frozen, but she has no choice. So before he can get out his revolver, She takes a step forward and steps into his house. All of a sudden, a look of confusion crosses the face of this Nazi officer. And he says, wait a minute. How did you get here? She says, I don't understand. I just told you. You saw I was running away. The officer says, no. How did you get past my dogs? And for the first time, she hadn't even noticed it because of her fear when she was running, she realizes that the pathway from the front of the house, the gates of the house, to the house is filled with Rottweilers, with German attack doors, Amstaffs. These dogs, they were trained to rip Jews apart piece by piece. In Auschwitz, we have accounts of dogs attacking people, ripping off their manhood in their jaws, ripping off pieces of flesh from women. Horrible. He says, how did you get past... My dogs, the Germans, loved their attack dogs. They had no love for human beings, but they loved their attack dogs. So she says, I just ran. He says to her, are you some sort of magician? That's impossible. And then the smile comes back on his face. He says, you're going to sleep here tonight. And tomorrow morning, we're going to hold a running of the dogs. And if you could make it to the front gate, I personally will look after you and protect you to the end of the war. The Nazis like to toy with their victims. She got lucky once. She's not getting lucky again. The whole night, she sleeps on the floor. She's crying, crying, praying, begging HaKadosh Baruch Hu to let her walk the gauntlet one more time and be safe. She wakes up in the morning, she says the prayers that could be her last. The Nazi has everyone by every window watching this beautiful spectacle. And he says, okay, go. He opens the door and she starts walking from the front door of his house to the front gate. She's walking, trying to make sure that she's not walking too slow. That she's not walking too fast. She doesn't want to attract their attention. She's trying not to exude the fear that she has inside of her. To give them that smell of blood. And miracle of miracles. The Rabbanit Sarna, Rabbi Cheska Sarna's wife, makes it to the front gate. And the Nazi is so impressed that he indeed keeps his promise. He protects her and he hides her. A Nazi guard. He thought there's something special about this girl. Maybe in the back of his mind, he thought, if she's so holy, maybe she can absolve me of my sins. He protects her to the end of the war, and she becomes the Rabbanit of Chevron uh, of Geulah, Shiva in Israel. My friends, I want to teach you something. A beautiful line in Sefer Mishlei. The Pasuk says in Sefer Mishlei. It says a magnificent pasuk. The pasuk says, "Noche ruach elokin." Excuse me, I want to get you the exact pasuk. Where is it? When God approves of the ways of man, also his enemies will make peace and make their peace with him. When God, when you're doing the right thing by HaKadosh Baruch then even a person's enemies are forced to show, to pay him homage. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? Not only his enemies, even animals, the, the mosquitoes, the and those, the birds that fly, each to the. They're called adam. They do not do any harm to a person. When God, when you have favor in the eyes of God. The Gemara famously says that when Titus HaRasha came back from sacking Jerusalem, he said to God with, with uh, tremendous arrogance, He said, I killed the God of the Jews. God says, you think you killed me? Let's see if you could do war, battle with the smallest creature in my world, the most insignificant creature. And what is it? A yitush, a mosquito. He gets off the boat in Rome at the height of glory. He's got all the vessels of the Beit HaMikdash. That's why we think they're in the Vatican, okay? Because last known sighting was in Rome the mosquito flies in his nostril, into his brain, and starts eating at the brain of this guy, of Titus. The Gemara says it's causing him incredible pain. So he goes through the streets one day, and there's a blacksmith banging on his anvil, and the sound of the rhythmic pounding, it silenced, it scared the mosquito, so it stopped gnawing. He would pay the blacksmith every day a gold coin to sit in his palace. Could you imagine? The palace of the king. All day. Boom. 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 But it was less pain than what he was going through. Says the Gemara for 30 days until the mosquito got used to the noise and then even the noise of the anvil didn't help, kept gnawing until eventually he died and they opened his head and they saw that this bug had expanded to an enormous size in the cavity of his skull. Insane. You see that when a person doesn't do the will of Borei Ulam, he can get attacked by animals. They say stories about great Rabbanim that sat and gave classes, and their students around them are getting devoured by mosquitoes, and the rabbi didn't have mosquito land on him once. They said, Rabbi, how are you teaching with the mosquitoes everywhere? He says, what do you mean? None of them bit me. They said, we're getting eaten alive. Why is it that the rabbi is not getting bitten? The rabbi thinks and he says, in my life, I don't think I swatted or killed a mosquito once. Wild. I'm not on that level. I kill mosquitoes whenever I can. And that's why I get eaten alive. You know why? Because if you try and swat and kill the mosquito you're seeing the mosquito. But if you don't swat or kill the mosquito, you see that a mosquito is not coming from itself. It's coming from Borei Olam. And if I did the right thing, I'd be protected. The best deet in the world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you don't need off if you're on. Okay? My friends, I want to illustrate this concept. Paro did not understand it. Paro did not relate to it. Even though the animals were showing that Moshe and Aaron were the real thing, wasn't enough. A friend of mine saw with his own eyes the following story. Rabbi David Pinto, Shalita, went to visit the grave site of his grandfather, Rabbi Hayim Pinto, in Morocco. Tremendous tzadiq. And he's going with a group of people, not the one from Manhattan. No, Rabbi David Pinto. Anyway, I think he's a second cousin or something. Anyway, so they're going together, a group of people. This little dog starts chasing them the minute they get off the bus. And it's barking like mad. Running at them, barking, barking, barking. The rabbi is not perturbed at all. He's walking, he's walking. The people getting majlun. The rabbi turns to the dog, and the rabbi says, Michulim lachem, Michulim lachem, lachem. Right? You are forgiven, you are forgiven, you are forgiven. I've tried this, by the way, it never worked for me. My dear friend Miguel Abadi was on the trip. The rabbi finished saying the tefillah, telling him that he was patur, he was mad mechilah. The dog rolled over and died on the spot. My best friend Miguel Abadi saw it with his own eyes. If I didn't know someone who saw that, this is not my kind of story. If I didn't know someone who saw it with his own eyes, I wouldn't believe it. My friends, every day, if you come to shul, we say, Halichot Olam lo," Right? Halichot Olam Law. What does that mean? What do those words mean? The ways of the world, law, are to God. God runs the ways of the world. Says the Tifilah, Al-Tikri Halichot. Don't read it, the ways of the world. Read it, a person who reads two halachot every day. Now Rav Shach asked a great question. That's not what the Pasuk says. It says the ways of the world are to God. It doesn't say, how are you switching it? Rav Shach explained, the ways of the world are to God. But God gives the world over into the hands of, of the people who live their lives by the halakhot. So halakhot, olam, the world, functions around you. When you see miracles happening for a tzaddik, a lot of times a person thinks, it's bore olam doing this, bore olam doing that. Bore olam designed the world the same way. I don't know if you ever saw a nature documentary. You have flowers, they grow, and then what happens? The sun comes out, what does a flower do? You ever see the flower turn to the sun? It's magnificent to see. There are flowers that actually turn to the sun. How do they do that? It's the nature that was planted in the DNA of that flower to know that its source of nutrition, its source of photosynthesis happens by the vitamin D, right? by the sunlight that it it is able to capture. You have a Venus fly, the Venus flytrap. It's a plant. A fly flies in, what does it do? It's not an animal. It doesn't have a brain. But the plant, even an inanimate object, in some level is animated by the things it owes its own existence to. Our Rabbis tell us that the world, it lives as The world stands on three pillars, on kindness. It stands on prayer, and it stands on Torah. That means that a tzaddik that embodies all three of these, the plants, the rocks, the ocean, the flies, the animals, they recognize that this is the source of their sustenance. And like a plant can turn to the sun, the lions can turn away from Daniel, the by Rayot and not do what they normally do. Because they realize that to eat a person normally gives them sustenance, but to eat this person would be to deny their own sustenance. In the same way a lion knows not to attack the alpha male in the pack, the lion knows not to attack the alpha-sadiq in the back. Wild. My friends, many times a person puts in all the effort to do the things that they need to do to make their dreams come true. That they should close on a house. That the girl that they love should say yes. That they should find favor in the eyes of their in-laws right? Sometimes that ship has sailed, (laughs) never to return, (laughs) right? There's a lot of things that we want in our lives. And a lot of times we put in all the effort that we can to make sure that what we want should happen. But sometimes what we forget is that there's a whole other sphere of influence where we could be putting pressure. Joe, you work in real estate, okay? All right. Sometimes you want to buy a building. And you know that the way you're going to buy a building is just if you turn up at the table with the right amount of money. So you go, you do the raise, you get the money, the money's there, building's yours. But there's times when you're fighting someone else who also wants to buy the building. And they have, they're backed by the pension fund of Canada. They're backed by the Saudi prince. How much money do they have? Endless. You need more, they'll print you more. How are you going to win that deal? Joey, tell him. What do you do? How do you win a deal where someone else has more money? You bring a connection. You bring. You explain to the guy, actually, if you sell to this guy, there's other liabilities that you're not seeing. So it's true, you'll make more with him, but then you'll have all these people who won't want to buy it from you because they don't like... Uh, Arab, uh, Arab countries buying up real estate in New York City. It'll be harder, you know, for, uh, uh, you know, for you to do business when people start realizing that you're a real estate broker and you're selling out on New York City. Or you bring some pressure to bear. You tell them, I have connections with New York City. We'll leave your name on the building. You know, Waldorf Astoria, these places, they want their name to stay even after they lose the, 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 the deal because it's, it's kavod for them. I'm going to leave your name. He's going to take off your name. You understand that if the money card doesn't work, you play the Kavod card. Kavod card doesn't work, you tell him, I'm going to put in a $100 million renovation. The other guy's going to patch it and ship it again. I'm going to turn your building into something magnificent. People will think that that's the building you sold us. Sorry? It works. Right? You know, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, although a person should never skin a cat. That's a terrible uh, euphemism, okay? So my friends, this idea is true over here as well. Sometimes we've tried all the keys and they're not working. But there's another key. Take a halakha, take one halakha, which is a little bit beyond your, uh, your scope, a little bit out of your comfort zone, and decide, I'm going to stretch myself and then God, I'm asking of you that this situation should also stretch itself. It doesn't. It shouldn't come to me. It's, it's not in my wheelhouse. The other guy has more money on the table. But I want it to stretch to me. I want it to reach out to me. So what am I going to do? Like we said yesterday in the class, you have to sometimes stand on your tiptoes. And then sometimes, even if you're too short, you're tall enough. May Hashem bless us always. That we should be able to do enough good in the world that we sense that things are going our way. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there are times in a person's life where everything in the universe seems to be conspiring against them. You ever have that? You lose your phone. After you lose your phone, three minutes later you land at the, what's it called, at the airport. Turns out your luggage didn't come. It got rerouted to Houston, Texas. Anyway, you come outside. There's supposed to be a guy waiting for you. What do you say to your wife? With our luck, the driver's not even going to be here. You get outside, the driver's not there. You see, I told you. You ever start to expect that things are going to go badly? How about the other way? When you're on a winning run, where all the problems that crop up, they just melt away from in front of you. You're in that zone. Sometimes a person thinks, that's lucky. As Jews, we don't believe in pure, raw, Unearned luck. You make your own luck. Yisrael En lahem Mazal. en Mazal Yisrael says the Gemara. So if things are going well, it's because you're going well. There's something you're doing that you ought to keep up. Always to tap into this and through that be able to get a handle on our lives and the direction our lives, and the world around us takes. To the point where, like the Pasuk says, and the nations of the world will see Ki shem Hashem nikra that the name of God is upon you, and they will fear you. It's not that you said something. It's not that you did something. It's that you're shining in a way. You're exuding a certain something that people can sense. This is a spiritual person. I can't start up with him. And that thing can be seen like we saw in the story of Moshe Rabbeinu and in the story of Rabbi Haskel Sarna's wife. We see that that's something, that even something as simple as an animal can sense. May God bless us to have that shine. Baruch Amen.